Hey, I am officially announcing the 6th Annual Shepherd's Crook Intensive in Eminence, Missouri, May 16th through the 18th, and we would love to have you there. This year, A.D. Robles is going to be the speaker, along with Matt Reynolds and myself, and we're going to be spending three days, two nights, just having a great time here and really good teaching, but also having a really great time just doing some cool stuff. We're going to have a strongman competition, we're going to have an arm wrestling competition, and we're going to canoe about 50 miles on two of the most amazing rivers in the Midwest. We would love to have you come. If you're looking for a good father-son trip, this is the trip for you. If you're just looking for a really good men's trip, this is the trip for you. would love for you to register today. Go to theshepherdscrook.co or just reach out to me and I can make sure you're on the list. Welcome to the Shepherd's Crook Podcast. This ministry exists to provide coaching, resources, and events for pastors and church members. My name is Jared Sparks. Join me as I talk pastoral ministry, applied theology like manhood and womanhood, political theology, and cultural analysis with a little bit of hunting and fishing thrown in. I'm a husband, a father, and a pastor, and I'm here to remind you of the chief pastor and our King, Jesus. Welcome back to the Shepherd's Crick Podcast. This is episode 489 or 490. We keep plugging along. We'll be at 500 here pretty soon. Hope you guys are having a great morning today. We're going to be talking to black pastors, and then consequently that's going to have implications on the black church. Uh, we're going to do this as brothers. I love my black brothers and sisters because we have the shared grace of Jesus Christ, and we'll get into the, to the unity side of thing here in just a minute, then we're going to get into some problems that I see and the need for us to talk openly and, and honestly with one another, and because we're brothers and sisters in Christ, and there are implications in our country and our world when we are not able to do that. So I want to talk just frankly and honestly, and hopefully we can understand each other, and if I'm offensive in any way, then just give me grace. I'm, we're brothers and sisters in Christ. I'm not meaning to be, and in the same way that if you were saying something to me, I, I need to have you know thick skin when it comes to things that I would need to hear. And uh, so also the things that I'm going to be saying today equally apply to a lot of white liberals, especially older liberals like white Democrats and, and that kind of thing uh, that I've addressed before uh, quite a bit before. So never been shy of talking to pastors. And today we're just going to kind of hone that in and talk to the black pastorate in particular. And then consequently, there's going to be implications down into the black church. But first, I want to remind you of a few things. The Shepherd's Crook Intensive would love for you to come May 16th through the 18th, 2024. A.D. Robles is going to be speaking. So is Matt Reynolds and now Scott Tungay is confirmed as well. It's looking like he's going to be there, and I'm going to give him an opportunity just to give everybody a life update and then also just to light a fire under people because that's what Scott does. He's got a way to speak to men that's just really helpful. A.D. AD Robles, uh, he's going to be doing a majority of the teaching, and I think that's going to be just a great time for us. And I told him just to, to do, talk to us about whatever you want and uh, just make it good. And I always tell that. I told Joshua Jenkins that same thing. We're going to have a great time. We'd love for you to be there. We're going to have coffee from Reformation Coffee Company, and uh, I'm really looking forward to that. That's uh, Brandon Lansdowne, and he is uh, doing a great job of that, so we're going to have him there with the, with the coffee. And we're just going to have a great time floating down the river and getting some good teaching and having, a, having a, just a blast. So please come if you can. Follow the link in the show notes. Also, I want to remind you of the Sons and Slaves podcast and the Fruitful and Fearless podcast. Please check those out if you haven't yet. Okay, let's pray. Father, we just thank you for this time. I ask for blessing in this conversation. I pray for freedom of speech that you just help me to just speak freely uh, according to your word. And 
God, I pray that there wouldn't be any fear of offending people or anything like that. I just want uh, black and white brothers to be able to, to dwell in unity, really, truly, and be able to spark, uh, speak to each other frankly. And uh, just help us to do that. I trust you all. In Jesus' name. Amen. All right, here we go. Well, when I say a conversation, this isn't really a conversation because I'm speaking here, but I'd be willing to have conversations with anybody about this. I want to first talk to the black pastorate and then talk about what we share and when it comes to the body of Christ, the things that we share together, the, the commonalities that we have. So number one, we have a shared fallenness. We have a shared shared sinfulness that we uh, both, with our shared ancestor Adam, have rebelled against God. And we come into this world uh, in rebellion against God and broken and sinful and sinful and therefore broken is the better, more proper term order. I mean, and we are in need of, of salvation by Christ and Christ alone. And that's the next thing that we have this, this shared commonality is that we, if we belong to Jesus, we have this shared, um, you know, and, and unified understanding of what it means, or maybe not understanding, but we have the shared and unified uh, way that we have been bought and redeemed and saved, forgiven, and that is through the blood of Jesus, the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ on behalf of sinners to the glory of God. This this, this one gospel has brought us into uh, to the family of God. Now, in this country, in America, for the black and white people in America, we have this this history that goes back, and although there are different colors, and you know, there's a lot of Mexicans in this country as well, and there's a lot of different colors from people around the world that, that as immigration has ramped up in this country, we have more of a shared history in this country, blacks and whites in this country, than do any other colors or that that's just that a pretty, uh, you know, factual. It's just a factual statement. We have a, a shared history here, and it goes back to slavery, and it goes back to people from Africa coming over here. We're, we're going to get that, into that here in a minute. But the reason why I think that it's always important for us to talk black and white brothers is because there is a nervousness, it seems, from. Uh, to, to have real and frank conversations because especially like white dudes are nervous like am I going to offend somebody I don't want to offend any black people I'm not black I don't know what it's, it's like to be black and the flip side of that is for the black dudes out there you're not white and don't know what it's like to be white and you know, we need to have just this, this understanding that we have a shared rebellion, we have a shared salvation, a common salvation in Christ, we have a shared ancestor in Adam, and then we have family lineages that are, that are, that are different. And some of those lineages cross paths along the way, and there's a lot of uh, sinfulness in the past, there's a lot of glory in the past, both in, uh, you know, my family lineage and probably yours. And we want to praise God for the providence of God in our history that has brought us to this point. And we don't want to look back in history in only negative or sinful uh, uh, ways and look back and just cast judgment upon who did what to who and that kind of thing. Uh, there should be full and total forgiveness about things in the past, and that's what I'm going to get to as well. Uh, but we have this, this unity where we can have a firm foundation to be able to have conversations about. Like, you, you have a different history than me, and that's okay. We're uh, uni now united in Christ. We can come to the table together and, and all of that. But there is a problem, and I want to speak frankly about those problems. And like I said, there, there's going to be, if I didn't say this, it might have been on a previous recording. I hit uh, pause and play and stop because uh, my daughter is sleeping in the next room, and so I'm trying to get this. So I, I can't remember what I have and haven't said in this recording, but many of the things that I'm saying do apply to many white pastors, and they apply uh, to you know progressives. They apply to older democratic liberals in this country, that sort of thing. So these applications go far beyond just color of skin. But what I want to specifically do is talk about the black church and the black pastor in particular, because the problem that I see is that there's just not many that there's not many good black pastors. I'm not saying there's not many saved black pastors, but just numerically, the country still divides itself uh, demographically, and we're, we're overwhelmingly white still, even with these, uh, uh, you know, lack of immigration rules and lack of border control and that, that sort of thing. And I think the country still is hovering around 15% or less in, pop, in black population. A lot of that's to do to the killing of the unborn, by the way. Um, 
because the majority of the killing of the unborn has been a slaughter of, of black America. So there's a, a smaller percentage of black people in this country, therefore there's going to be a smaller percentage of, of, of black clergymen, and therefore there's going to be a smaller percentage, or there's going to be a smaller amount, just numerically, of what I would say is, is good black pastors. So there, there might be a bunch of good, uh, or there might be a bunch of white pastors, it doesn't mean they're all good, and there's a bunch of black pastors, it doesn't mean they're all good, there's a bunch of Mexican pastors, it doesn't mean they're all good, and, there, and always there's a, a smaller amount of them that are really good. So the black pastor out there, when I think about the problem, um, there's just not many good black pastors, and when I think about, guys, these, these guys are even these guys aren't even pastors but when i think about people like vody bacham uh, used to be a pastor okay solid dynamite i mean can preach the word and he understands what's going on in the world he leans on the scripture as his authority he's not ashamed of god's word it's just awesome there's no tokenism with vody when you when you hear him preach there isn't like oh he's preaching here because he's a black dude and there's some sort of a sort of quota or something like that it's because he's legit man i mean uh, think about uh, conrad mbewe over in in africa just a good brother like just awesome and uh, then I used to think about the same thing about Thabiti, or I used to think the same thing about Charlie Dates. I heard Charlie, Charlie Dates preach one time, and it was at a, a conference in Kansas City. And Jordan and I were like, oh my gosh, that's one of the best sermons I've ever heard. I can still hear him say, preach the word. And it's like, oh my goodness, this is just it's firing me up. It's awesome. And yet what we've seen with him with uh, people like Eric Mason and Doug Logan, who are kind of like the, the Acts 29 guys that they held up. With Eric Mason and Doug Logan, the interesting thing is those guys were not good preachers at all. They're not they're not eloquent. They can't speak very well. They're not like a Charlie Dates or a Vody Bauckham or something like that, that, that you can tell. Like, this is not like this weird, you know, just elevating them because we need some, or, or like a Leon, Leon C. Crump. These guys were not, not good preachers. They they had some charisma and that kind of thing. But the, the, the problem that I see overwhelmingly is that these guys, where's Charlie Dates today? Well, he's basically apostate. Charlie Dates is apostate. Uh, where's the beady? Well, he's he's borderline apostate. <laughs> like, where are the guys that uh, the the prominent black figures over the last 10, 15 years, the Jamar Tisby, uh, you know, Anthony Bradley, these guys um, have just stepped away. They they've bought into so many things that are just ridiculous, and they should know better. Like, they've got brains. They've got the Holy Spirit. Like, they at least I thought some of them did, and they have been sucked into just such terrible ideologies and theologies that. It's just saddening, and it's it's honestly it's it's maddening because as the black pastorate goes, most of Black Americans that identify as Christians are in black churches, and there are some that are not in black churches, but most are in black churches. And when I look at the the, the you know majority of black churches in America, it's like man, their theology is awful. Uh, I mean, they're voting Democrat, and you don't that doesn't mean you have to vote Republican, but it certainly means you shouldn't be voting Democrat. And the, like pastors that love God's word and understand the civic realm and how law is to function in society, or at least are trying to grapple with general equity theonomy, or just an understanding that righteousness does exalt a land or exalt a nation. We care about right and wrong. We care about, you know, murder being illegal. For, for instance, abortion, which is, is baby murder. We, we care about that being illegal. Where are the black pastors that are speaking about this kind of stuff? And I'm sure they're out there because when I'm talking about this, I'm not talking about each and every. And keep in mind, uh, I said they're not many. And, you know, the good black pastors out there who would listen listen to this, they're not going to be offended by this. And they shouldn't be anyways. And you say, well, well yeah, you're telling people they shouldn't be offended? Like, come on. Like, are we really that sensitive that we're going to be offended by talking about these kind of things? We shouldn't be. Just like I, I shouldn't be sensitive if, if something was called out about me personally, not just uh, white pastors or white liberals or something like that, but me personally even. If I'm called out about something, I should appreciate that, especially if it's true, um, or I should assess that, but I shouldn't be offended by that. It, we should not be easily offended. So you look at the names of this list, Eric Mason, Doug Logan, Charlie Dates, Thabiti, and where are they now? 
and they've abandoned the centrality of the scriptures. They've, they've abandoned a biblical ethics and they've sold out. It's just clear. And, and you see that with the Leonsi Crump. You see they're, they're sold out from wokeness. You know, we talked about that's a buzzword nobody's really talking about anymore, but wokeness is basically just, I mean, it's, it's Marxism, it's liberalism. It's a move away from the authority of scripture. And it's, it's clearly rooted in an embarrassment of God's word, being ashamed of God's word. What, what is it? It's catering to the world. It's mocking Christians, mocking any sort of Christians that are to the right of you to try to, you know, somehow some save face with those that are on the left of you. That's that's what wokeism is. It's like getting closer and closer to the line because we don't want to be associated with those fundamentalists over there, or we don't want to be associated with those white Christians over there. How many people got sucked into that Jesus and John Wayne book? And how many got sucked into the white fragility and that kind of thing? Where, like, it's just, it's crazy. It's absolutely crazy. Okay, so that, there's the problem. There's not many good black pastors. Now, in our area, I don't know of any in our area. I'm, I'm sure there's black brothers that are in our area, Christians. But as far as just good pastors, I don't know many. I just don't, you know. Uh, and so... I'll just throw that out there. I'll lay it out there. Maybe you know, and in your city, there's a whole bunch of them that are really good. When I say good, I mean expositive of God's word, not ashamed of God's word. They're speaking out against certain things. And and this is what I want to get to. When I say good pastor, where are the black pastors that are speaking out against voting Democrat? Okay. White liberals that are older need to be called out and say, stop voting Democrat. This is not the same Democratic Party. Okay. Today, black black people in general still overwhelmingly vote Democrat, even though they're continuing to vote themselves into poverty over and over and over and over again even though they're slaughtering the unborn and slaughtering their whole population, and it's grievous. We're the black pastors that are saying, stop stop doing that. Quit it. It doesn't mean you have to vote for Trump. It doesn't mean you have to vote Republican. But why are you continuing to vote for the most vile party that is for the mutilation of children, all this kind of stuff? Like, where, where are the black pastors that are calling that out? I'm sure they're out there. Like I said, but I don't know of many or hardly any. What about egalitarianism? So many black churches in America have fallen way to egalitarianism. They're, they're just liberal when it comes to their understanding of gender. And you wonder why things like transgenderism gain speed or steam in, in black communities. Or how, how do you get to that point? Well, it's because there, I mean, there's not a basic understanding of, of gender and sexuality that is preached and proclaimed from the pulpits, saying that men are men, women are women, men lead in the home and in the church and in the world, and women follow in the home, church, and the world. And each are designed by God to function in the roles that God has established them in. Where, where is that happening? Okay, why were so many black pastors taken out by Black Lives Matter, Marxism, James Cone, and why were so many leaning in and, and talking about black history and so identifying themselves with their color and culture, where if a white dude was doing the same sorts of things, speaking in the, in the exact same sorts of ways, you'd say you're a white supremacist. It's like, well, hold on a second. Let's use biblical justice here and write and proper weights and measures and say, if you're speaking in such a way that another color and culture w- was to be speaking about their history or about their ways or, or about their theology, and we had a, a, a you know, uh, the history of white theology or something like that, and loving, you know, uh, white history or something, you'd be like, oh, boy, that's total racist and that's awful. and that Okay, so if you're speaking about that, then why is that allowed? And, and why isn't that? So where are the black pastors calling that, that inconsistency out? What about um, black pastors speaking against the, the murder of the, of the unborn? Or what about the complicated history of slavery? We talk about it says slavery is a hot-button issue in our country. But my goodness, can we please be honest about the... You just read history for a second, and you understand that there's Irish slaves, there's a lot of white slaves, there's black-holding slaves, there's there are African tribes killing each other, and it would be better to be on a slave ship going to America than dead in the jungle somewhere. Like, why is it that hard to say, God, thank you for your providence... 
that that even though that was an, an awful thing and there was some of the slave trade that was evil and wicked and vile, it was judgment. It was better. God, thank you for your providence that I'm alive, living in a society where there is wealth and <clears throat> and that's so much that, that's a, a affluence and common grace that's everywhere. Where are the black pastors saying, "God, thank you for your providence," instead instead of calling down the white man or whatever it may be for this complicated history of of slavery? Why? Why accept some sort of simple history of, of slavery that says it's just the white people are bad and the black people are good in the context of the history of slavery? Why can't we understand some complications there? Where are the black pastors that are saying that? Are saying, God, thank you for your providence that we're here, that I'm here, that my family is here. God, thank you that even though some bad things were done in history, we're not going to claim vic- victimhood. We're going to be the Booker T. Washington. We're not going to be the W.E. Du Bois. Where are the ones that are saying, okay, you know what? Thomas Sowell understands some history here that is just unbelievably complicated. And you know what? We're not going to get into the tit-for-tat, black people against white people thing. We're going to be forgiving to one another. And we're going to move forward because that's what Christians do. That's what people do to have a functioning society is we we don't claim victimhood. We're, we're the black pastors out there saying, don't be a victim. You're not a victim. Get out there and crush it and do what God's called you to do. And don't look with animosity to, to, to white people, just like white people shouldn't look with animosity to black people. That's what we need. That's what we need is more and more black pastors like that. Where are the black pastors that are calling out violent crime? The majority of violent crime is happening in this country, and it's not because of slavery in the past. This This wasn't happening even in the civil rights era. This has happened post Lyndon B. Johnson, post uh, desegregation. This is this is post um, the the growing of the welfare state. This is this is post the father being removed from the home. This is post a father, black fathers abandoning their families. And I know there's a lot of layers of complicated things there. But when you look at statistics and crime statistics, why is violent crime? Why are black people killing black people? Why is what's happening in the streets of Chicago happening? Why isn't Charlie Dates calling out that? Why is he instead ask, asking his vile mayor to come and, and preach at his church or speak at his church when she was awful? She was completely and, and utterly awful. She had no business even claiming to be a Christian. And there she was talking at Charlie Dates' church, the progressive church, Baptist church. Why isn't he calling out black people killing other black people? That, that's a that's a problem. And the thing is, white pastors like myself, if we get up and call out that, well, who's going to do this? Like, who, who's going to uh, call out these sins? It, it's got to it's gotta be the black church because we are so divided that, that white people, like, I mean, there's going to be black people that would listen to this and they'd be like, dude, you are a racist because I'm, I'm speaking to this. And like, all right, I'm not, but they're going to say, yeah, I am. But ones that have the Holy Spirit, that understand that we're brothers and sisters in Christ, we, again, it's like, who's going to speak to this? You've got to do that. Because it's not going to be an army of white dudes that are standing up saying, hey, you know, black people stop killing each other. Young black men, uh, raise a family, get a job, get a job, raise a family, and uh, be a godly man in your home and, and in the world. Uh, where are the black pastors like that? Tony Evans years ago was doing that at Promise Keepers. And Tony Evans has kind of been hijacked by a lot of stuff as well. Okay, that's what we need. We're the expositors. We're the black expositors. And I understand that there's different levels culturally when it comes to just like emotion and how emotion is expressed in church. That's not the things I'm talking about. I'm talking about the black expositors that are not ashamed of God's word. What what Charlie Dates used to be. What Vody Bauckham is when he was in pastoral ministry. Where are they at? Okay. We need more Vody Bauckhams in the pulpit. We need more Samuel Says from behind the keyboard into the pulpit. We need more brothers and sisters um, that love God's word and they're not ashamed of God's word in the black church. Black women who love biblical womanhood who love doing what God has called them to do as a woman, who are not ashamed of the word of God, who understand the difference between what is an issue to divide on, what isn't an issue to divide on, that we all have the same Bible. That's what we need.
And so what, what is the primary problem, I think? Well, I think the problem is what God wrecked me over a few years ago. And it was Luke chapter 9. For whoever is ashamed of me and my words, of him the Son of Man will be ashamed when he comes in glory, in the glory of the Father and of the holy angels. This is the problem. Many people in the black church in America are not seeing, not saying, in the black pulpit, are not seeing the scripture as their ultimate authority. They are preaching, the, they're not preaching the word, they're using the word to preach. They are are not, they're, they're ashamed of God's word. And that's just simply what it is. There, there's shame there. Just like it is with the white old pastor that's there and won't address the sins in his congregation. That, that's the, It's the same sin. It's ashamed of God. That's what liberalism is. Liberalism starts with embarrassment. Embarrassment about God's word. This isn't anything new. You've been listening to me say this for a while. And what's the corrective course? Well, it's repentance. What does the beady need to be? Uh, to, to, what does he need to do? He needs to repent. What does Doug Lee Logan need to do? He needs to repent. What does, what does Eric Mason need to do? He needs to repent. What does Leon C. Crump need to do? He needs to repent. What does Charlie Dates, Dates need to do? He needs to repent. And he needs to lean into the authority of Scripture that speaks to all these issues that we were talking about. Marxism is anathema to the Scripture. The murder of the unborn is anathema in the Scripture. Violent crime against each other, that is anathema. It, it, it is a sin against a holy God. And we need, because white pastors aren't going to do it, we need black pastors who step up and address those sins and say, thus saith the Lord. That's what we need. We need a revival of that. And uh, brothers and sisters, we are on the same team. We really are. And I think, and what I'm, one of the things I'm just trying to do in this conversation is things that you, you might just like, oh my gosh, I can't believe this is being said. It's like, come, forget that. Let's, we're, okay, black people aren't victims. White people aren't victims. Let's get together. We have the, we, we have the Holy Spirit of God within us. Let's have honest, we can have honest conversations with each other without getting freaked out about it. And that's what we need to do. We, uh, we are on the same team. And so I want to encourage you. I want to see more and more black pastors that are dynamite pastors, that are expositors, that are not ashamed of God's word. They're not ashamed of gender and sexuality in the Bible, of gendered piety. They are calling out the sins of, of their generation and their era, and they're doing it in a way that honors the Lord and encourages the body of Christ. When they see racism against white people, they're saying, hey, stop that. We can't speak about ourselves or about our history in a way that we would cast judgment on others for speaking about themselves and their history. Okay? That, that's important. And uh, we can, I mean, that's the way for real unity is if we can really have these honest and frank, uh, you can listen to this honestly and, 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 you know, respond to it. Reach out to me. I'd love to have conversations. If you're like, uh, if you're a black pastor out there listening and, and you hate this, all right, reach out to me and we'll talk. If you're a black pastor out there and you listen to this and you're like, yeah, that makes sense then let's have a conversation. I'd love to have you on the show. Okay, guys, thanks so much for listening. Please leave a rating and review. And I do this in the hopes of, of unity and honoring the Lord. That's what I want to do. And uh, if I, I've screwed up along the way, I, I ask for, for grace, the same sort of grace that I want to give both ways. Okay, thanks, guys. Hope you have a great rest of your day. Thanks again for listening to the Shepherd's Crook Podcast. For more information, you can go to theshepherdscrook.co. Please consider leaving a rating or review on iTunes. And if you want to become a member of the Shepherd's Crook, please message me and we'll get you on the list. We hope you have a great rest of your day.